Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back, Grizz Nation, to the Long View Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. It's been about two weeks, guys. I'm I wanted to just kind of like take a little break last week. Let our other podcasts react to summer league as we all love to do, even though it's just in a giant exhibition of organized chaos. That's basically the NBA's Coachella, but. I'm here to react to all of it now on this podcast. But first, before I introduce my guest, ways to get in touch with the podcast. You can find the podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network alongside GBB Live, the Core 4 Podcast, the 3 d Podcast, the Starting 5 Podcast. And that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. And Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog on SB Nation found on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. And with me today is none other than Mr. Hustle, Brandon Abraham. Brandon, what's up, man? Not much, Parker. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, as you would love to say, living the dream um, as I'm recording it, as we're recording this, it's my 25th birthday. I am wearing a Chandler Parsons jersey for this podcast to just get in the mood because this, this podcast is, is going to be a vibe. Because originally, Brandon, I wanted to have you on here to talk about summer league takeaways because I'm like, all right, look, we're going to end up talking about like mm-hmm. Sam Rill. Killian Tilly, Santi Altama, Sean McDermott. Like, we'll just stick to the basics. But then the, but then the Grizzlies just decided to go make not one, but two trades. Yeah, so. I, I think, I think uh, Zach Kleiman uh, hired the FBI agent that tracks all of our phones and saw our itinerary and decided to spice it up for us a little bit. I also think he has a burner because everybody was suggesting to go get Jarrett Culver the day before the trade went down. And sure enough, they did. But if you live, uh, live under a rock and miss the Grizzlies news on Sunday afternoon, the Memphis Grizzlies traded away Eric Bledsoe, who was reportedly never going to come to Memphis anyways, uh, to the Los Angeles Clippers for 
Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, Daniel Oturo. I'm guessing that we, that deal went down because Eric Bledsoe and Rich Paul gave Zach Kleiman a list of destinations, and the, the Grizzlies did him in good faith. It's always good whenever uh, agents can speak of you in that way and kind of just build good rapport for you in future negotiations. And then they took Patrick Beverly and traded him to Minnesota for Jarrett Culver and Juan Hernan Gomez. You know, I'm not going to get too much into Rondo or Oturo or even Hernan Gomez because I think they won't make it to the main roster on opening night. I think they'll be used in other moves, whether it's a simple wave or trades. The big thing with this is Jarrett Culver. And just as a quick preface, Jarrett Culver was the sixth pick in the 2019 draft. A lot of draft Twitter people had him in the top five on their boards. Some even had him at two. I had a John Morant as audacious and blasphemous, that sounds. Uh, he never really got to f- fit in in Minnesota. Granted, I don't think it was the best developmental spot for him, especially with um, the coaching stuff, you know, with Ryan Saunders and then. He was already out of the rotation by the time Chris Finch came in. So it's a fresh start for Culver. And so, Brandon, I want to ask you, what, what are your initial thoughts on the, the two trades for one? But two, what do you expect with Jarrett Culver? Uh, you know, my initial thought with the trades is that nobody really knows what the Grizzlies are doing. Um, they already have all their pretty much all their roster spots filled. And, you know, they trade Bledsoe and get three guys and then Beverly and you get two guys in return. Now, to the point you made earlier, it's pretty easy to, at worst case, you know, to get down to the 15 plus two ways. You can wave Aturo, Rondo and Juancho, Hernan Gomez and, you know, call it a day. But, you know, they're adding people and it kind of gives them flexibility with moves throughout the next two months. Um and on Culver specifically, I kind of see it as, and we both mentioned this uh, when the deal went down, is kind of similar to the Josh Jackson situation when, you know, he was kind of salary filler in the move to get DeAnthony Melton, um, you know, move on from Kyle Corver and get, you know, the picks for that and then let Corver get bought out and all that fun stuff. Um, so I think, you know, my initial expectations are for Culver are we'll spend some time in the G League with the hustle because you look at this Grizzlies roster right now, you know, there's no clear player he's going to play over then. He has, you know, a high upside to where, you know, it's he's obviously worth giving a look at. But I'd imagine he'll spend the first part of the season down in South Haven with the hustle. And, you know, with the hustle, it'd be interesting because you know Jarrett Culver coming in was praised for being a versatile playmaker who you could put the ball in his hands and you know a good a comp that I saw for him was like Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brod and he will probably never reach those if we're going to be completely honest I would say there's a one percent chance of that happening but we saw with the summer league roster they didn't have a traditional point guard and you know that might actually bode well for a guy like Culver if the Grizz, if I do think they need to get a point guard, like a traditional floor general point guard with hustle, I think it's good for development. But I think they could test out and have Culver and Merrill in those like, sharing responsibility kind of roles and just seeing where his game can grow from there. But I do agree with you that 
he will be with the hustle. I mean, granted, we're also assuming that this is like a fully healthy Grizzlies roster. You can knock on wood all you want, but injuries do happen. It's a part of the game. And like opportun- that could lead to opportunities for Culver on the main roster, but I do think that it's ultimately going to be like one of those. He'll have his first month or so with the hustle and then potentially either find his way in another move or be on the main roster with the Grizzlies. Well, and, and I think one thing that'll be interesting will be his uh, a little over $8 million team option. Um, the Grizzlies have until I believe it's November 1st to uh, pick up that team option or not. Um, and when Josh Jackson was acquired via trade, they declined the team option, making him an unrestricted free agency after the year. I wouldn't be, I'm not expecting them to pick up the team option on Culver, but I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to because they'll still have plenty of cap space next summer. And, you know, I don't see, you know, with the way climate is, they can shed the salary needed to create max space if, I mean, really it's just Zach Levine is probably the only realistic free agent that would earn a max contract next offseason. But everyone else is kind of, you know, either like the Kawhi Leonard's, you know, before his extension when people thought he might just do a one-and-one. But all the big-name guys are probably going to stay where they are. So, you know, you don't really need to have full cap space. I wouldn't be shocked if they keep Culver around and kind of almost not fully redshirt him this year. But, you know, one of the biggest issues he had in Minnesota was his playing time and kind of getting sent to the bench, and that kind of really hurt his confidence. I think you can kind of use – at least the first part of this season to build his confidence, let him, you know, play down in South Haven with the hustle. Hopefully, you know, he plays very well. And then, you know, he could be a valuable trade ship at the deadline. Somebody hold on to in the next year. Um, you know, let's say they make a, the Grizzlies make a big swing trade. Culver's a nice piece to have kind of in your back pocket, either for the trade or, so, you know, still be sticking around after a trade. So I think, you know, they, the Grizzlies really have their options with Jared Colbert. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, like the, it's a lot of it is just like let them go down with the hustle and wait and see because let's be real. We can make these excuses for Colbert all we want, but I'm not going to – or we can, like, also be like, oh, yeah, this is a good swing. But I'm not going to, like, pretend that he wasn't a good NBA player in Minnesota because he wasn't. And there's a reason why even on – one of the worst teams in the league over the past two years, he hasn't been able to crack the rotations because he just hasn't panned out. But you're, you're relying on a change of scenery, change of role, change of expectations to kind of just help him get his um, just get his mojo back, get his game back, and potentially get back on the pathway to be a productive NBA player. I said it on Twitter, and I'll, and I'll say it again. I said it on 92.9, and I'll say it again, like, can he just be a guy off the bench who could be a secondary playmaker? He can rebound, play defense, find his teammates, and hit shots here and there. Could he basically be like how Evan Turner was for Boston or Portland? That's kind of the way I see it with Colbert. I mean, I don't, I would probably say it's like a 55 45 that. He lasts beyond next season with the Grizzlies, but like, what are what are your expectations with Culver? You can even have it as where, um, 
how he fits into the long-term plans or just what you want to see out of him from an on-court perspective? Uh, I don't really have super high expectations just because of the points you made earlier where, you know, you're banking on a change of scenery, um, helping him out a lot. I mean, I kind of think Minnesota is basically Sacramento North when it comes to developing talent um, outside of Carl Anthony Towns. It's just been, frankly, kind of a disaster when they when developing legitimate top top end prospect talent. Uh, you know, so I think, you know, the change of scenery will do him well. But, you know, really from a Grizzlies standpoint, all you really want him to do is be a solid defender. Don't stop the ball on offense and, you know, just make the shots that are there for you. Um, I don't have high expectations that he can necessarily do all that. I do think he's at least a solid defender to have off the bench. You know, if uh, you need to stop or, you know, just need to throw out a good defensive lineup. Uh, but I, I don't, I'm kind of with you. I don't, I don't really see him sticking around past this year. Um, I, I think it's going to end up being a lot like Josh Jackson where, you know, he kind of plays a lot in the G League and then uh, gets a contract somewhere else. Right. I agree. You know, regardless, the Grizzlies ended up turning a guy that was had never set foot in the Grizzlies locker room before. And, you know, there was even some concerns or skepticism that he's on the team past next season's trade deadline. And they turned him into a flyer on a top seven pick from two drafts ago. That's a win. That's a pretty solid win to at least put yourself in a position for a flyer and only give up somebody who you haven't even seen fit in your system without even giving up any draft compensation. That's a win. Yeah, I, I agree completely on that. And now let me talk about somebody that you're way more excited about. Uh, and that is Sam Merrill. So the Grizzlies traded away Grayson Allen for Sam Merrill and two second round picks. And, you know, people were kind of like, why do they trade Grayson? He's like one of their better shooters. The same people that probably complained about trading Grayson Allen were complaining about De'Anthony Melton not getting enough playing time. So this opens up more playing time for uh, Desmond Payne, De'Anthony Melton. That was the whole point of the move. Uh, also, with Grayson Allen hitting restricted free agency and being eligible for an extension, uh, I, I thought they were going to get priced out of Grayson Allen eventually, and they cash in. They got somebody on a cheaper contract who, with Merle, I kind of have him as like the emergency uh, shooting guard where if all hell breaks loose and you just have a bunch of injuries, you can slot him in. He'll give you about 10 to 12 minutes of good offense, good outside shooting. That, that's about it. But I, I want to get your your thoughts on Merle and what he could be for this team because you also had the luxury of seeing him closer with the G League bubble. He played with the Memphis Hustle last season in the double because Milwaukee did not send down the herd. So they, there's some sort of negotiation there with the Grizzlies and the Bucks to let him play on the hustle. So, Brandon, what are your thoughts on Merle and what he can be for this Grizzlies team? I mean, you know, I was very high on him going into last year's draft. Um, big fan of his game coming out of Utah State. Uh, kind of can come around, do it all. Uh, for the Grizzlies, it's going to be 
interesting just because of his position. I'm not sure if he's getting, you know, he's definitely not playing over Desmond Bain or D'Anthony Melton. I'm not even sure if he's going to get minutes over John Conchar. Um, you know, he, he, but he is a little bit of, you know, you touch on a little bit earlier, he can kind of play the point. Um, he kind of did everything at Utah State, so he's at least used to having the ball in his hands. Um, and, you know, he played pretty well for the Grizzlies in summer league. Um, I mean, he averaged only uh, like, I think it's like three something assists per game, which isn't great, isn't terrible for summer league. Um, but I think really kind of where he could benefit the Grizzlies the most is almost kind of like how they used Troy Daniels a handful of years ago, where, you know, he may not be a regular rotation piece, but could be someone you throw out there when, you know, you're in a slump or just need someone to knock down shots. And especially if you need spacing, because, you know, even though he hasn't, you know, really had his big in the NBA moment. He was decent for Milwaukee last year, and like, everyone knows he's a shooter. So, you know, teams are going to have to respect that shooting and play defense, and his presence on the court, even if he's barely touching the ball, will kind of have to keep defenses honest. Um, you know, whereas, you know, guys like John Conchar typically will kind of stand in the corner on the offensive end, and you just have to watch for them cutting. Um, you know, so I think, you know, there's definitely – a way for him to get minutes. I'm not sure if I have high expectations for him to play a large role um, on the Grizzlies, um, you know, at least when they're healthy, but he's definitely a very nice depth piece to have um, and he's on a cheap deal. Uh, so it's you know, definitely a nice guy to have to split time between Memphis and South Haven. Yeah, I agree. You know, my granted, We've always said at the past year or so that the Grizzlies are in a very nice problem where they have too many rotation guys. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like having like 11 to 12 clear cut rotation guys. And then you're into the bench, like you're 13 through 15, or I mean, even 12 through 15 guys are really just guys that, you know, they're into the bench guys, garbage time guys, but you know, if some injuries happen and you need them to play, they'll give you good minutes. And I think that's what Sam Merrill is. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I got to be completely honest, his uh, summer league performance kind of surprised me. I said it uh, in game recaps. I said it in uh, on Twitter. But he really took advantage of that uh, no-point guard system that the, the summer league developed. He showed a lot more sauce off the dribble than I expected. Like, he was able to create his own shot, get to the rim. Granted, at a summer league level, he's not going to be able to do that at the NBA level as a primary creator. But, you know, it's something like, oh, cool. He has that in his game. That's interesting. He can grow on that. So, that, that was surprising to me. Like, what were what were some of your thoughts on Sam Rowell's summer league performance? Because, I mean, especially in the last couple of games, he got a lot bigger of a role because he didn't really get to play next to Desmond Bain or Xavier Tillman or John Conchar. Yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty impressed. I, I do think the time he spent in the gubble with the hustle probably made the transition a little easier for him. You know, he's played with Ahmad Caver and Shaq Buchanan before. I mean, it was five games and limited practices, but it's, you know, a level of comfort that, you know, isn't there if he's traded to pretty much any other team in the NBA. And, and I think, you know, the summer league environment where you can play freely, um, 
you know, not really be worried about making mistakes, benefits a guy like him where he can be, be aggressive attacking the basket, be aggressive with, you know, his shot um, defensively making passes. Um, you know, I think the freestyle play kind of benefited him pretty well. Um, and the fact that he was at least relatively familiar with the Grizzly system probably made it, you know, made it where he was more comfortable compared to some of the other new faces on the summer league squad. Um, you know, I mean, I just was overall impressed with his confidence. Um, he hit, you know, the dagger three to kind of put the Clippers away on Monday night, just with a nasty step back. Um, and to your point, you know, he kind of proved he was more than just a shooter. Um, you know, just having the summer league stats pulled up, he averaged a little under six three-point attempts per game, but nearly 11 shot attempts per game. And so you know, some of those are layups, some of those are kind of mid-range shots. And he's just, you know, kind of proved he can be, you know, at least – at the summer league level more than just a three-point shooter. For sure. And one last thing I'll ask you on Sam Merrill, because we already have people calling Sam Merrill Island. And, you know, I'm like, all right, you, you can have it. Brandon, you, you were really high on Sam Merrill coming into the draft. Is that an island that you will claim as a high-up president? Or are you going to let someone else run that island? I mean, I'd have to say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad people are Sam Merrill guys. I'm glad, you know, they're real interested in his style of play and happy to have him on the Grizzlies. But at least from, you know, the media standpoint, all that, I was probably one of the highest on him in the draft last year. You could probably go back and check the receipts on our big board, but I, you know, I probably would definitely stake claim to being the first person on Sam Merrill Island in uh, Grizz Twitter. There we go. And so, Last, but certainly not least, I want to get over to Killian Tilly. Uh, the Grizzlies, since I last recorded this podcast, the Grizzlies signed him to a two-way contract. You know, he was an interesting case because, you know, as this roster spot was adding up, we were like, what about Killian Tilly? Because we all kind of thought that he would maybe be at the end of the bench, you know, in the Santi Aldama uh, coming and immediately, instead of being stashed overseas, kind of changed stuff a little bit as well. But I always thought that some team, a rebuilding team, should have pushed the envelope with the Grizzlies and given Killian Tilly like a little like small like three-year, $8 million deal. He's good enough to warrant that for sure. But I, I think that like the two-way is fine. I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I know a lot of people were confused, especially since he had a summer league game where he hit six threes. He generally looked comfortable on the floor. He did a really good job uh, moving the ball, hitting outside shots, getting to the rim. But um, and I, I remember I was gonna kind of write like a little like thoughts kind of thing, and then it just kind of stuff got pushed to the side a little bit. And you advised me to just kind of save it for this podcast. Before I get into any of that, uh, Brandon, what are what are your thoughts on? Killian Tilly signing another two-way. I think it's a steal for the Grizzlies. Um, it it kind of makes their decisions easier when it comes to the remaining roster spots. Um, so, you know, kind of like we've talked about pretty much since last season was winding down where we expected them to waive Jonte Porter and sign Tilly basically to the Jonte Porter deal. Um, you know, that takes up a roster spot, but now you're filling up a two-way with a guy who 
was, you know, played some meaningful minutes for the Grizzlies last year when the guys were down with injuries. Um, you know, so I think it's kind of a steal for the Grizzlies. Um, I'm shocked some team didn't come in and make an offer on him while he was a restricted free agent. And maybe a team did, and he just is loyal to the Grizzlies and knows he'll get a deal next year. Um, I mean, overall, I'm ecstatic about it. I think he's a really nice guy to have, you know, in the back pocket as you kind of wait to see what the team does with, you know, a guy like Brandon Clark. You know, you know he's going to be probably the centerpiece of a big trade. So, you know, if the Grizzlies are going big fish hunting, you know, within the next year or so, Tilly's a nice guy to kind of have as a luxury at the end of your bench. Um, so I'm, you know, personally for him, I, you know, hey, he can get something where he makes more money, all that. But selfishly, like, I think getting Killian Tilly on a two-way deal after the way he's played uh, the last year is, you know, a win for the Grizzlies. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you kind of echo uh, a lot of my points. I mean, for one, you mentioned, like, consolidation like I think he's a guy you can convert from a two-way to a main roster deal if something happened and you consolidated because I think it's pretty clear the Grizzlies like Killian Tilly I mean Zach Kleiman has to like him enough to bring it back on a two-way deal um and then also too they didn't send him to the gobble and they wanted him to get run with the main roster I think that's pretty good evidence as well and I mean, granted, there was a lot of stuff. And then like Taylor Jenkins likes him. I know there's a lot of stuff going on with the Justice Winslow situation. But towards the end of the season, when stuff got pretty tight, Killian Tilly was playing over Justice Winslow after they pulled the plug on the backup point guard experiment. Killian Tilly and John Conshar were coming off the bench before Justice Winslow. So I would say, granted, it could have been also an indictment on Justice Winslow, but pretty clear they like Killian Tilly. So I, I do agree with the point there is like, you know, something happens with like Brandon Clark or uh, Steven Adams or Kyle Anderson, you can promote Tilly from a two-way deal, or you could bring it back on a main roster deal after this season. Uh, I know a lot of people initially were like, like he's better than Santi Aldama. You know, that's fine if he is, you know, like Killian Tilly's older, more experienced. He already has a year of NBA experience under his belt. And before he got hurt at Gonzaga, he was a projected first round pick by almost everyone. And I, so I understand. I don't think it's in one of those things like, oh, Aldama's better than Tilly. So Aldama's getting their main roster spot. And I think it's just one of those things like, since Aldama's a first round pick, they negotiated a deal to let. Uh, Aldama get over to Memphis immediately to get that rookie skill contract. And that's just the nature of it. I think both are going to play in South Haven though. And I'm sure you'll, you'll have a, a lot of fun covering them in South Haven for sure. Yeah, no, it's going to be a blast. And I think one thing that people kind of sleep on with uh, Aldama is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of just weirdness with his selection, um, you know, just quirkiness with, you know, both us and OKC kind of going after him and him shutting down his workout super early. You probably have to give him a legitimate contract to get him to play, you know, and sign and play with us instead of just sticking around overseas. Whereas, you know, you just kind of take advantage of the opportunities presented to you. And I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a two-way guy has played over 
roster guys. I mean, John Conchar, his first season in Memphis was on a two-way playing over the likes of Marco Guterich. The Heat, you know, you know, Heat and Raptors have both been pretty known for playing two-way guys over guys with roster, you know, major league or you know, NBA deals. So, I mean, I think it's something that it just worked out, you know, this offseason to sign him to a two-way deal. And the with the way the uh, Players Association of the League agreed to that at any point next year, whether it's, you know, two weeks into the season or two weeks left in the year, the Grizzlies can, uh, you know, sign someone else to a two-way and promote uh, Killian Tilly. I think there might be a deadline they can sign Tilly. Uh, or promote him to where he's eligible for the playoff roster, but they can pretty much promote him at any time and fill that two A with someone else. So it's, you know, I, I definitely kind of see it being something where depending on what goes down at the trade deadline, he gets moved up from that two way to a guaranteed deal um, at some point before the end of next season. For sure. And there's like one more point that I wanted to mention on the Killian Tilly two way situation. And we've kind of like, have hinted at it throughout this little segment on him is he didn't get any G league experience last year because of the double. They didn't send him down. And I think this is probably the best way to a have a roster spot and B make sure Tilly is getting as plenty of reps as possible. Seeing what they have with him. I know everybody will kind of joke and say, Oh, data accumulation. Yeah. That's basically what it is. And, um, you know, they could put him in those spots where he has a more featured role in the offense, have him more as a stretch four, kind of just see see where, where they can go with this game. Because, I mean, if he is in any sort of future plants and stuff, Killian Tilly needs to be ready to be put in different spots. And I think there's some sort of, like, hand-in-hand kind of guide, like from Jason March, Taylor Jenkins, Zach Kleiman, on what to do with Killian Tilly and just how to utilize him with the hustle as well because – I think if you really look at it, if you look at the hustle, aside from probably actually I'll say I'll say he's better than Merle. I mean, aside from Cor- uh Culver, Killian Tilly will probably be the best player on the hustle next season. Yeah, and and I, I agree with that. And I think uh a good point with the hustle is you know, they're not gonna be in a bubble next year. So sending him down on a G League assignment isn't gonna be a month month and a half thing kind of like it would have been last year the grizzlies can i mean killing tilly can literally practice you know today we're recording on a wednesday let's say we're in the middle of the season tilly could have just gotten out of practice with the grizzlies and then be driving down to south haven to play a game for the hustle tonight it's you know the nature of it the grizzlies did it with DeAnthony melton tyler dorsey they've done it with multiple guys um you know throughout the years so it's definitely a developmental strategy that they've used in the past. And, you know, I think it's a good opportunity to kind of, you know, when he plays with the Grizzly uniform on, he's kind of just filling a role, you know, taking what's presented to him, but you can really kind of just hand him the keys to the offense and let's see what he can do down in South Haven. Absolutely. And so I'm going to ask you two more quick questions, fun questions, obviously. And they have to do with a lot of the guys that you will probably be watching down in South Haven. And so in that last game against the Clippers on Monday night, um, the Grizzlies didn't play Tillman, Tilly, Bain, Conchar, McDermott, 
Zyra Williams, Santi Altama. None of those guys played. There's a lot of the guys who are probably going to get more looks in the G League or with the hustle. And so first question I'm going to ask you is, out of all those players, who has the best shot of sticking around long-term? And, you know, I'm actually not going to even restrict it to the Grizzlies, just in the NBA. And I want to say Sam Merrill is off the board. So the names that we have here, Shad Buchanan, Ahmed Caver, Anthony Cowan, Darnell Covert, uh, Ben Moore, Eves Ponds, Oliver Saar, Keaton Wallace, and Romeo Weems. Well, I think kind of the almost easy answer, especially with the Grizzlies relationship, is Shaq Buchanan. He's He kind of had a down year in the bubble last year. Um, I think a lot of that's attributed to the limited practice time, the just kind of weirdness that was the G League season last year. Um, but he played well this summer. He played well for the hustle his first year. Um, he has that relationship. He has that athleticism teams like. He can play defense. He can get a bucket, make the highlight play. Um, you know, so I, I think he's some guy that, you know, like I wouldn't be shocked. You know, he may end up being like a Dusty Hannah's where he's just kind of like a, you know, hustle star. But I wouldn't be shocked if at some point, you know, like let's say they promote Killian Tilly to the active roster. I wouldn't be shocked if Shaq Buchanan fills that two-way spot. Um, but another guy that I've really been a big fan of is Olivier Saar. Um, he's just really kind of stood out as kind of a big guy uh, with the Grizzlies, you know, in Las Vegas and, you know, had a good up-close look at him. He had an 18.13 rebound performance, threw in three assists, and shot an efficient six to seven from the field and six to seven from the free throw line. And, you know, just kind of a perfect kind of wrap up to his summer league. I think he really kind of impressed um, after disappointing in college last season. So if Shaq Buchanan's kind of my easy cliche answer, but I think Olivier Saar is going to be, you know, a guy that teams are going to look at and be like, how did this guy not even get, you know, a two-way deal out after the draft? Awesome answer there. Yeah, I um, saw a lot of stuff on Olivier Saar on Twitter, and I was covering him like, all right, let me try to find and see. And I was getting him a bit more confused. So that probably had to do a little bit with my analysis there on him. <laughs> and so last and final question is, which of those guys, of the players I just mentioned, are you the most excited to see play with the Memphis Hustle? I'd have to go Sam Merrill just because, you know, I've seen Shaq a good bit over the last two years. Um, and I got to see Sam for five games. It was fun, but, you know, didn't really get the chance to talk to him because he was on a flex assignment. And so it was kind of weird with the media availabilities. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of have Sam down in South Haven, get to talk to him, kind of pick his brain a little bit, you know, talk to him. Um, you know, it's kind of a new face. Um, so he's probably definitely the one I'm most excited about. Um, and then a lot of the other guys that we've talked about being potentially sent down are going to be super exciting as well. I think uh, the hustle are going to benefit from the Grizzlies having too many pretty good guys and the hustle just playing, you know, 30 minutes down the road. Absolutely, for sure. Brandon, that's about all the time we have on this week's edition of The Long View. Do you have any stuff that you want to plug in? 
Uh, you want to let the people know where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at BC Abraham, but I really want to spend the next second or so uh, giving you a shout out. It's your birthday and you're sitting here, just had a 929 appearance. Uh, you know, had a piece go live this morning, recording this podcast. I know you'll be working on it to get it ready to go tomorrow. Uh, you know, so I'm just going to shout out your Venmo because I know you would never do this. Um, so, you know, if you're a loyal listener to the Core 4 podcast, now the long view with Parker, like hit him up, give him a couple dollars for some, some birthday beers. Uh, you can find him on Venmo at Parker Fleming 33. I'm going to guess the 33 is an ode to either Mike Miller or Mark Gasol. Mike Miller. There we go. Uh, so yeah, just uh, happy birthday, Parker. Uh, you know, enjoy always being on the long view with you. And, uh, you know, if you feel so kind, donate to Parker's beer fund. Well, thank you. And, you know, I'll, it's nice for it to be a beer fund, but uh, I'd, I'd really like uh, that money instead to go towards my St. Jude fundraiser page, um, supporting my beautiful fiance, Allie Allen and joining the great team of Allie's allies. And I know my friend Brandon Abraham and my other, and my cousin JD McMillan will be joining that team as well and be running a 5k for Allie's allies and for St. Jude children's hospital. So yeah, thank you, Brandon. I didn't think you were going to do that. That's really cool. But yeah, so that, that money will not be going towards me being an alcoholic, it's going to be towards me donating to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital um, just to, you know, say, save some children's lives. But th- thank you, Brandon. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter at BC Abraham. I know Mr. Hustle was a little humble there for a minute, so I wanted to make sure y'all are following him. Great coverage of the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Memphis Hustle, and the NBA G League. You can follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Make sure you are liking and subscribing, downloading the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network so you can hear every single episode of The Long View, GBB Live, the Core 4 Podcast, the 3 and D Podcast, and the Starting 5 Podcast. And make sure you are reading all of our work over at grizzlybearblues.com, following us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. We won't have as much coverage over the next couple of weeks, but you know what? We are still very much full of ideas, so we'll always have something up for you every single day at grizzlybearblues.com. That's it.